Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! you marketing money podcast listeners out there if you're a bank marketer or have a bank marketing staff that needs to gear up and tool up and be ready for success in the marketing world join me and many others that consider ourselves experts for a little master classing at the bank marketing school it's april 21st through the 28th 2020 at the emory conference center hotel in atlanta georgia Uh, i'll be teaching a class on content how to connect with your audience and convert and there are many others uh, during this week it's just as good for networking Uh, you'll meet many other fellow bank marketers around the country uh, where you can trade your secrets and all the good things you know about bank marketing but again bank marketing schools april 21st to the 28th i'm looking forward to being there Uh, i know you'll have many friends there it'll be a lot to learn so uh If you have it in the budget and you want to sign up and go, now is the time to do that. Atlanta is great that time of year. Uh, A lot of stuff going on, probably Braves game, uh, as well as many things to do at night and lots of things to learn during the day. Also take that uh, certified financial marketing professional test to get accredited. So again, if you're listening to this, we highly recommend attending the ABA Bank Marketing School in April. Now back to our regularly scheduled podcast. I know that that Pizza Hut Supreme person like pan pizza with that buttery crust are we just going straight into a podcast talking about pizza god did you so just good. do that i did i mean he turned it on and you're like we're rolling and you're like the pizza brand pizza with the buttery crust is that is that it there's no such thing as bad pizza was what we were talking about before we hit hit play it's hard i mean that's, like, bad, that's like, like even cold pizza or even like but that's like retail, there is bad pizza out there. i mean I, there are a lot of people, domino's bear papa john's but like pizza it's kind of the i guess beyond like little caesar's five dollar whatever but like just a, a Pizza Hut, not super supreme. When I was a kid, it was supreme that had Canadian bacon and pepperoni and all that. Yeah. Now, like when you order from the app, supreme something different. But anyway, an Italian would say that's not pizza at all because just a margarita is a pizza and deep dish and all that. I'm just saying that like the most retail fast food pizza out there makes my mouth water. Interesting brand point because this is a marketing podcast. Are we actually in it? We're just going to start here? Yeah, we are. We're We're starting on Media Race. Oh, we're just dropping them in. We're dropping them in. I believe we we touched on this in the past, Mm -hmm. but when we pulled debit card swipes at pizza companies and I know it sounds dumb, but places that make pizza, pizza restaurants in our making footprint for those who want nomenclature, it was it. I found interesting the power of branding because now. You can have various opinions on it, but a local mom-and-pop place that bases their entire livelihood on pizza... Shop local. ...generally would have probably better pizza, you would think, yeah. than a chain. Better ingredients. Better Papa ingredients. What? No, oh, not Sorry. that. We're not talking that. about <clears throat> mom-and-pop, not, not Papa. That. No, no. We don't talk about him oh. anymore. John Schneider? No. Or, okay. Sh- or Shaq. He does their advertisements now. That's right. But anyway... Uh, the point was is that this place has superior pizza. It talks about their pizza so good, local, all this stuff. And Actually, we, they don't because they don't have no money to advertise. The de- <laughs> well, that's part of the problem. <laughs> they pulled the debit card swipes. We pulled the debit card swipes of our customers to look at where they were spending on pizza. 
Yeah. And I would say they probably have a significantly better layout, selection of food, whatever, than a than your run-of-the-mill Pizza Hut. Yeah, your the, fast food pizza. The Pizza Hut did 13 times more business in debit card swipes than that mom-and-pop place. Yeah. And it the mom-and-pop place, I would say, has rival location as far as like traffic and where it is. Probably has and always busy. I know. And which is one always you're busy. About. I think I know which one. You're talking and about. is always busy, but does not this. even touch the business that a that a run of the mill pizza hut has. And I would say that's because of brand power, and no, it's brand. It's it's pure brand power. Yeah, because because you're gonna you cannot make a mistake showing up to a stand. No, exactly. And there's so much brand power that it's a standard. Pizza Hut has so much brand power. I did buy a Pizza Hut pizza the other day, and it has the 1980s box, like the the old logo on it, and I got like... Nostalgic? I did, man. I was like, oh, this is weird. Well... Because as a kid growing up in in super small town America, I mean, there were no restaurants. McDonald's, Pizza Hut, Subway. That was it. So Pizza Hut, because in that day, that was sort of almost like... I would say Applebee's, probably even better than Applebee's level dining experience. Well, they had two or three video games that were sit-down video Galaga, games. Pac-Man. Galaga Pac-Man stuff. You got a pitcher of drink or beer. Yeah, and then they had the little salad bar with the hot tray, but then you could also have it brought out if you wanted to do like... But they came up and waited on you oh, then. It was, like you had a wait service and the, the salad bar or the hot bar. It was... Like it was in my it, town... It was considered... Higher value food than it is now, I would I would argue. Absolutely, yeah. But I mean, we're talking about the the power of branding in that. And someone said, "Well, Dudge on that mom and pop place, no one knows about it because, like you said, they probably don't have money to advertise. But they have a superior product, which comes to the fact of banking. And our audience is, you can outbrand others and say the smart bank. Well, we went on relationships, but no one knows about your bank or what you do. And to top it off, you have a generic name. We're not going to get into the name thing because we argue about it all the time, but you have a first something, community something, bank name that doesn't set you apart. So you're doubling on your brand. You don't want to spend on marketing because banks are conservative and they don't like risk. Well, that, yeah. those are two things that, that are opposed to marketing. Marketing is a, is a risk. Yeah. Uh, and it costs George money. George Wanamaker or John Wanamaker. And it costs money. I, I waste half my dollars. I don't know which. So It's a risk and it costs money. Bankers don't like either one of those. I don't like them either as a thing, but as marketers, you have to take risk and you have to spend money. And so you see the power of brand. And I, when you talk but about here's pizza, thing I throw it reminded in. me of the power of brand against the power of quality sometimes. Well, sometimes. Actually, I have another topic. So we're talking about unintentional, but I want to say one more thing. Not all community banks fall into this category, but I want to point out another factor in the mom and pop pizza place. Not necessarily, but just this one or your bank. But just if you fall into this category, you may want to wa- watch it, I guess. As you said, but they tell you that they have better ingredients. You know, there's Small Business Saturday with, you know, uh, American Express, which is hilarious because they're a huge multinational company, which I'm really but they do lend to, But they lend to a lot of small businesses. Uh, they lend. It is, it is cash on demand for a lot of businesses. But there's that weird local sense of entitlement. Like I've got, I think I've talked about on the podcast this one time that I bought a, a TV from Best Buy or no, from Sam's Club. And I went into a, a local clothing store. And like, what have you been up to? I was like, well, I got a new TV. This was years ago for the big game. Like, well, did you buy that from Jelly Bob's <laughs> TV? And I'm like, I've been in that place. I mean, it looks, it makes Radio Shack look top of the line. Like, I mean, it there's five TVs in the corner, dust all over the place. I mean, like, sell Zenith and not <laughs> or something like that that I don't even know exists anymore. And I'm like, well, no, I didn't. 
And they're like, shame on you. What I'm getting to now, because I actually have a thing I want to ask you about and get pick your brain on, is the sense of entitlement that sometimes local has. Like, well, you should shop here. We're local. Oh, okay. Uh, wh- now, where's my value? For the audience on this, you would push that into a community bank being like, well, you should bank here because we're local. Because I well, get that. Because about, why ain't people well, walking through well, the door? Well, we, we're the local. Why would they go to B of A or whoever? Because they... They're spending six billion dollars on technology to tell people to come in the door or just stay at home and use the app. And you're like, <laughs> but we got people in service just like everybody else. And the point is, just don't be entitled. Don't be entitled <laughs> to the business coming into you. It's value. It's all about value. But it's all about communication saying, Hey y'all, I mean, like McDonald's still spends four to six percent of their annual revenue on advertising, but every I mean, they've got a hundred percent name oh, idea I and awareness. S- I saw a, uh, no, it was a. <clears throat> it was on one of these. I have ad such age. a weird topic. It was I on talk one to of these. About that's, that's it was totally one of these ad age like pop ups in my LinkedIn or whatever. But it was a billboard, and it didn't have the golden arches or McDonald's on it. But was their font on like a brown background? And it and they did it to test the power of McDonald's brand. And everyone that saw it, it said like breakfast all day now or something or something like hash browns and breakfast all day now. Yeah. But it didn't say where or what, but because of the power of McDonald's brand, the palette, the font, topography, whatever they used on that. Well, that's the that's the brand. The brand but, isn't but just the Golden Arches. everyone knew it was McDonald's, and it didn't say Golden Arches. It didn't say McDonald's. It didn't say Well, this is why we talk about expansive brands. Why we, why we, as an agency, make brands with palette, color, with extensive color palettes. It's not just yellow and red. They own a brown. They own a green. They they own a pattern. They own a, they own a font. They own... Well, it's fun. Kerning, topography, it's all that stuff. So anyway, that's why you should do that. I do want to say I don't think all community banks are entitled before somebody hears part of that and didn't put all their weird ramble together. I'm not saying they all are, but do not expect people— Neither are big banks entitled with all the money they spend. you got to earn it. They are advertising like they're going out of business. See Disney podcast we did where where Bob Iger led—they threw everything against the wall and made a ton of money. They're spending money like— you're not going to come in if they don't spend money. You cannot expect somebody to show up when they don't know who you are, don't know you exist. That's all I, I'll say about that. Big question. Big question. I got a big answer. So we're through the holiday, like November, December, tax return. It's not April, but you know what I'm saying. We're like getting the, into that thought process yeah. of the year. We're getting what I would call into conference season, the spring thaw. You're going to start going it's to Spring your, and fall. That's when yeah. conference season is. Spring and fall. And, Two times a year. And so this comes from a conversation that's not going to surprise you because we had part of it earlier today. We're the same person. If you, yeah, we, <laughs> telekinesis, whatever. Now, telekinesis is lifting stuff up with your mind. Telepathy. Anyway, we had, actually it was a telephone. Um, <laughs> we used those. But I had this weird, like, we saw, I saw some kind of substandard puffery of conference speakers Ooh, this is getting dangerous slippery slope <laughs> that's my middle name slippery stage oh, oh i don't know if i've talked about this so i found out how easy it was to change your name and i will extend this to the marketing money podcast audience uh th- this was introduced to my staff i want to change my middle name to value so i can look at people and, and say my, <laughs> my middle, middle name, name is, my middle name is value literally and so we raised a little pool. We didn't get enough money for me to do. I think it's five hundred bucks. So if you want to contribute to Josh changes his middle name to value, I will do it. I th- we we may have to make you will. I will do it. Ka- I'll do Caleb's it. your middle name, right? Yes. So Joshua you will, Caleb. you will kick Caleb 
to the side or keep it. I may keep it. Joshua Caleb value Mavis. We've got. But can you imagine the joke of that? Like, hey, you know, my middle name's Value, and they're like, ah, no, it's it's true. Pull out your card and go, it's Value. Anyway, I put the value in my name. So because I'm going to put the value in your business. So slippery slope. Not knocking anybody, but here's the deal: you're you're going to pick which, like, you should be picking which conferences you go to now. And I've we've been to a lot of these. We've heard a lot of the same people. In other words, you and I have been in the same room hearing the people talk. And they've heard us, too. So. And they've heard us, <laughs> so, unfortunately. So they can get on their podcast and talk about whatever as and, well. And, and look, so here's the deal. Sometimes my rankings have been lower than they should have been for circumstantial reasons, like John Oxford messing exactly. me up. Um, he sandbagged me or just duffel bagged me one time. Um, at a, and just I like other people to do poorly, so I feel like I do better. <laughs> Remember when guidance counselors would tell you that in school? The people that make fun of you only do that to make themselves feel better. And well, I was yeah. like, I was like, no, I just do it to make fun of you because <laughs> I was a bully. But anyway, um, yeah, it so, never made me feel better though. I don't know if I ever made fun of anyone or hazed anybody. It never made me feel better. It just made me laugh. I guess that's feeling better in a way. I don't know. No long term growth <laughs> there. Don't advocate that. Um, anyway, uh, here's my question. You taught speech and communication at a college level you're a, at a university at a university an accredited university at that's that. what's scary about it but um, yes. you had to leave so they didn't remove they didn't lose their credit no i i know hold on i have taught at one two three and i'm about to teach at my fourth university this year mm. how about that how about them apples yeah matt damon so what from your professional because maybe the only area in which you, <laughs> you are, are professional, professional other than bank marketing what makes a good conference speaker from like from from like how they deliver? Is it you know not having us and ums and all the stuff our speech teachers coached us against? But then Harvard Business Review says smart people use us and ums as a way to pause so they actually consider their words. And what is it? Is it their look on stage? I mean, what's the mix of of what makes? Because here's the thing. A lot of our audience, we're all involved in sort of the same circles. Our audience wants to hear from other bankers, and I think it's so ner- – like, I talk to people all the time. They're like, I, I want to present. I've got ideas, but I don't – help the people two ways if you can. So help them pick good – Conferences. Good conferences and good speakers to go to that are going to bring value to them. And over here, give them some, some tips and tricks to present better themselves, and maybe, just maybe – it will be a win-win ah, for everyone. We'll provide some value that's more than just your middle name. The old school says three ideas, three points, mm-hmm. is the most a person can remember. I would say that's partially true. So let's talk about three points in presenting at a conference. For those that want to take it, as maybe three I want to present three takeaways. One is stage presence. Mm-hmm. You've got to have stage presence. There are so many speakers that I that go to the 10 breakout rooms at conferences yeah, because the, the environment's terrible so the environment's you got to bring bad. it. Yeah, I don't care and look, this is no knock on if anybody li- No, it, we've it done is, them. We've it, done them. We do them all the time. It is what it is. That's what's available, but they're not conducive to creative. So, so think about thought. this. If you put the Rolling Stones in a corner room with like simple instruments, they would be talented, but it would be kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm hearing the Rolling Stones are okay. You <laughs> put them on weird. stage with fireworks and jumbotrons and smoke and their music turned up to 100, whatever the decibels are that you can get. And At least 190. Nah, yeah, whatever. Well, be a lot more that, but whatever it is. <laughs> 110. 
<laughs> 92. <laughs> Whatever it is. 900. Point being is. Turn it to the left. You take someone out of the big stage situation and put them in a bad setup, poorly lit room, echoey audio. Um, the buzzing fluorescence. The buzzing sound. You get near the mic, it makes a sound. Your clicker doesn't work as well. You don't have a confident screen in front of you. The people are all up in your face. And it's kind you of blurred. You are, are, are You're looking back, the and there's people coming in and out of the back of the room to where if you're on a stage, you can't see that because it's yeah. deep. So you're set up almost to not be as good in that situation. Again, take a rock and roll band that does an awesome show and put them in a little breakout room. It's John's mic. It's all up in my face today. Keeps running away, like it's, literally, it's it ran face. across the table twice. Anyway, so first of all, situational, so that sounds st- un- situational stage presence. But that sounds. I just want to point because this is a podcast with two people. <laughs> I think it's a fraudcast. It's a fraudcast. That'd be a great podcast. We name. can do so that like, one as well. Secure that the fraudcast. Anyway, that sounds insurmountable to me. Like if the Rolling Stones can't bring it in a in a breakout room. Do you think they could though? If you put no, them no, room? it would be I mean, so weird. I guess, but but what? Instead of like, well, that sucks. I'm not. So so what? What can we do to? Okay, so let's talk about the stage presence. You can get more successful in your presentation if you apply multimedia to your presentation mm-hmm. that can cover up some of your nerves or your inefficiencies as a speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you I, have to have a good presentation. I think so. In today's world, I think you do. Yeah. I mentioned uh, to a lot of people that George Will, forget about your politics, whatever. He's a writer for the Washington Post and writes and commentates and does a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's so good speaking, and I've seen him a couple times now, that like, I think it would be a it would detract if he had a PowerPoint or multimedia. He doesn't have one. He, he just speaks. He just speaks, and he's that good. Like yeah. he's but he doesn't really, have anything really to good. put on the screen either. I mean, he it, could he could show like a campaign ad, and he could show like something yeah. to be like this is why this worked, and this is but how that they, doesn't work for everybody. No, it doesn't. Some of the conferences I go to, people do it, and I think it's three. I think one is they might be kind of lazy because it takes effort to create, and pre- it takes a lot of effort to make a cool multimedia presentation. But I just don't. I don't see anybody shirking on the effort. I, I would Some say, do. Well, I would. Say, I would say the effort, it's just the harder you try, the more you fail. Well, like, you get into the PowerPoint versus Keynote and well, the size I'm just, I'm of it. I'm saying too many words. I'm saying yeah. like it's full of info. I, I would say one of the things. Um, well, go I, go for your rules that, that we've, yeah, we've I, talked about before. I heard, um, so Guy Kawasaki. Apple of, evangelist. Br- former Apple brand evangelist. I think now is Mercedes. He like, he, he freelanced. But um, on his podcast, as a, uh, or not podcast, his blog. He's also a venture capital. I don't know, whatever, funds, venture capitalist, I guess. He had heard so many Silicon Valley pitches, he was like kind of fed up with it. And he has um, tinnitus, tinnitus. I've, I've heard like different people. Press acting, tinnactin? Not, not that. He doesn't have athlete's foot. Oh, sorry. Um, I've actually heard speech language pathologists or somebody say it's tinnitus, but it looks like tinnitus. And tinnitus sounds way cooler. Tennis elbow? He has tennis elbow. He has ringing of the ears. Let's say well, when I'm doing the ibbity ibbity. Well, they had the decibels turned up. To they did. They went to 192. Anyway, all of you audio folks out there will have gotten the original joke. He was like sick of listening to people drone on and on, basically because it's it's it, basically listening to anything sucks for him <laughs> because of his ears ringing. And so he made the 10, 20, 30 rule. Doesn't always apply exactly, but no more than 10 slides because. You just can't get more than 10 thoughts across, like with any kind of real depth. Don't present more than 20 minutes. These hour-long breakouts, it would you probably not going to look great if you get up and only do one-third of your time. 
But if you only have 20 minutes worth of stuff and it's awesome, you could. Yeah. And then do 40 minutes worth of questions or whatever. Or maybe you extrapolate it and say 20 slides in 40 minutes, but no smaller than 30-point type. Dude, I'm all about picture and video. Yeah. I think picture but, I mean, you're and also talk to the video, it may be put three or four bullet points, but whatever. They got to be like words, like just big words on a screen. And then you talk. They're not here to read. Or they could just stay at home and read. I do like... Yeah, I, so I will tell you something that drives me crazy, and I'm sorry organizers that are listening to this. It's the advanced send over the PowerPoint, and then they send out your PowerPoint before you present. So what, like as a guide and like... Almost every conference does my, that. It steals some thunder. Like I've got some... Well, I go look through them and criticize them before they get on stage because I'm like, okay, do I want to go to this one or not? And that's the other thing. I think it also kills an audience because when you go, well, I don't know what they're saying, but it's I'd like to go. It's like a trailer for a movie that tells you the plot. Like there's something in well, the telling the, of the also, story. Also, when there's multimedia, the size of it, I mean, if you looked at some of mine, it would just be... The Ten first blank screens because there's the first frame of them. There's an intro video. There's I show three or four commercials. I talk about branding and we sh- talk about campaigns. Well, to do that, you really want to show some good branding. Yeah. And you can't. I mean, what are you going to show a picture of a speaking poster of, or billboard? Speaking of branding, can, can we go off on rabbit trail number two? Hippity hoppity. So here's my here's a pet peeve of mine, and a lot of people, a rabbit. A lot is of people do it. Yes, pet. It's my pet rabbit peeve. His name is Peeve. That's a cool rabbit name, actually. Yeah. Not references, but I've seen people get up and talk, like brand professionals get up and talk about brand and never talk about brands. They They worked on. We've talked, but that drives me crazy too. There's a guy, whatever, relatively local in the state that I was in one of these and I just commented like, I didn't know you worked on Coke. You have some insight. You didn't work on it. Spoiler alert, I use Tide a lot because Tide actually relates to banks. I'm not going to tell you how unless you've heard my speech or a speech in person that I use Tide well, they'll in. see it when you send it early yeah. to the conference, so they have to look at your PowerPoint. <laughs> but, it doesn't, but it doesn't make any sense. No, not it's unless a Tide you, you have to give context and, to and, it. And I think it would turn as many people, like, what, what's he talking about Tide? But when you hear the context set up and then all of it afterwards, I think You want me to give, your, give that speech? Because I've heard it. Do not, please. Okay. We don't want any spoilers. But the point is, I, I do reference. Any stains, right? Refer- yes. Referencing other brands, yes. But I've seen... Presentation. No, where it just goes all, Nike, like, BMW, well, not just Google, bro- Apple, and you're just like, you didn't you've never like, worked on any of those. But you, here's how to make great commercials. And you see these $250 million commercials that had like literal SAG Hollywood budgets. Well, of course that's awesome. Uh, one one hundredth the room. And maybe the people that see the Renaissance work say, well, that applies to me. No. Those things are much more approachable and affordable than one would think. You may not be able to do that whole gamut of those things but they are affordable in and of themselves also we worked on them so it does drive we got skills too skills timmy hardaway yeet skills yeet counts at one oh, okay <laughs> just in there just random well so let's let's go back to this so so multimedia helps you can cover a lot of your how many pausing media? depends many? on the time if you have a one-hour presentation I think you can get away with at least... Your whole presentation is just other people's videos, though. They're my videos. I wouldn't say other people's. They're mine. Oh. I have one that's... People? I have one that's not right now, but most of them are stuff I've either worked on, written, directed, or produced with you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... I, I think I can share that. You can. If you're in California, you probably haven't seen it because it, you don't live in the market. The time zone. Yeah. And you don't have the internet. <laughs> so, you've never seen anything on digital. But, uh, no... Um, California's... 
the time zone's off. That's a good joke, by the way, because the time zone. I'm I sorry. remember t- somebody <laughs> use that some because the, the time zone. The be- the best one is somebody told me they were thirty minutes late to a meeting, and they told me it was because of the time zone. I was like, they don't work work that way. It's even hours. Like you can't show up to a nine nine o'clock meeting at nine thirty and say it was the time zone. It was either eight, nine, or ten. <laughs> They don't go in. 9.15, it's the time zone. You're still either 15 minutes early or late. Yeah. But whatever. Use multimedia. Use it to your advantage. Yeah. If uh, you worked on it. If you worked on or it. If it makes your point, yes, but I would still. I say st- that. I would I've got still, a bunch of Tide videos. I would still steer away from, I mean, every marketing conference you go to, someone brings up, which credit to them, Nike, McDonald, like the stuff we talk about sometimes too, yes, because it's a common denominator. I get what it is. Because everyone can relate to it. You and know, know it, it. You've seen it. But I think we have to start pulling away from that to s- show specificities in what you do. I like making up words because I'm special. But anyway. My rabbit doesn't yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. So tell Peeve to move on. So that's one. Two is stage presence. Be confident. I've seen playing that aren't confident. And nothing well, I don't. Well, hold and, on. Let, let, me, let me plug into that. I, we, we saw, and maybe some of you saw, a speaker that this is the the number one rule i mean in my college speech class do not open and talk about how nervous you are no it can't that does it. not help anybody. no one knows you're nervous even if you're my voice cracks i have a horrible voice you should, you've heard me sing it's terrible so my i haven't heard you say yeah, my ears black out yeah, exactly. when you start singing so guy kawasaki used to be able to hear just fine until you and sang. i was like humming a tune from the herd and now he has background. tennis elbow it, in his ear i gave him tennis elbow of the and, ear and i put tenactin in the other one it didn't work <laughs> you gave him athlete athletes, of, of athlete, athletes elbow. Tennis elbow of the other one. athletes elbow lobe el, el lobe uh ear lobe you're not a much lobe. of a joker no but anyway, yeah. So 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 to the so, so the point of all that, the point of all this is don't don't confirm. don't say you're nervous. The other thing that I think they may feel it, but don't make your don't reinforce that to yourself. A meme and that I saw the other day too that made me laugh, and I think meme? that's a meme that I sent to you that I thought was really funny. Was someone posted something that said the minute the speaker steps on stage after everyone cheers and says, "All right, that's not loud enough. You got to say it again, or got to clap louder." How's everyone this morning? That's not loud enough. I said, how are you? It said, I automatically hate you for the rest of your presentation if you do that. And I get Ooh, it when you're speaking yeah. at 8 in the morning and no one's had their coffee and half of them are hungover yeah, because they've gone out with their buddies. to make you feel better about yourself. No, and look, if people don't cheer loud, I, well, that's not loud enough. Do it again, Especially buddy. if we're talking about bank conferences, we aren't just known to be... Oh, it's 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 not entertainment. Is I don't know. My point is, there's, there's, there are tactical skills you can use. One is use of multimedia. You, you're right with font, size, styling of the PowerPoint. Rely less on the PowerPoint. It's a good crutch. It's actually a really good crutch for presenting. But be able to give it without it because you also run into technical troubles and you have to go acapella with your presentation. I can't tell you. I speak enough, and this isn't like some brag of I speak it. Like I've done enough speaking and teaching of speaking and communication that there are many times that it doesn't work. Your PowerPoint doesn't work. The keynote doesn't you work. Remember getting that Something cold? goes wrong, and you're like up there, and you're like, "When I don't have my commercials, you know what that do feeling? I do?" That that like, I mean, it's like this cold, nervous. It's, it's, I've 
lost it. It's like getting dumped in eighth grade by some but crush. But it's just you that, have. just like crushing, cold, it's, nervous. And feeling. you're just like, uh, or and I will tell you, you can get over it because I don't even feel it anymore. When mine goes dead, I'm just like, we'll figure it out. We'll keep. Well, pushing. I show up now expecting it not to. I show up expecting yeah. it to be just me. I showed up. 30 like, oh, can I get a mic? A can I get a confidence screen? Can I get audio? No, can sir. I get you video? Can, get can I get a crowd? Like I go through all those scenarios. Like, what if no one shows up? Yeah. What if the audio doesn't work? What if there's no mic? What do I do? What if the presentation doesn't work what if they needed powerpoint as keynote and they don't have a mac or what you know whatever yeah like seriously i've had all those happen to me and so have you yeah i've always had the crowd though the crowd knows i'm there and they always show well i always have like one person but it's like you know somebody super famous it doesn't matter yeah richard branson oh yeah I'm just like, in a room like Oprah's just there and she's like talk to me i'm like let me give you something before you go on your show miss before she canceled it so anyway end early everyone appreciates someone ending early mm-hmm to allow for questions. more. I can't tell you how many times you have a big speaker that I'm dying to ask a question to because they're highly paid. One. And it's always one. It's never zero. It's always one. And it's always like, that's the one question. And it's like, tell me about how you got here and your experience at the airport or something just like, you're like, no, I want to ask you a real question. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Audience, if you're going to ask a question, ask a real question. <laughs> Don't ask a fan question. Yeah. I asked a question at the ABA conference of a speaker there. And I thought it was a legit question. So, and my point is, like, if you're going to ask something, ask something. Yeah. Some other some other points from speaking I've seen is don't worry so much about ums and uhs anymore because I think they're generally accepted now. What I was going <laughs> to say isn't as accepted that I don't like is when you're supposed to be the expert and you ask someone from the audience to answer a question you've been asked. That drives me crazy. Like when they're like, "Well, you're the you would know this because uh, no, no, no. you work at an ad agency." Like well, I'm asking you, you're on stage. I've heard that before. And it, uh, <laughs> you were in a room when it happened, and I was like, the, the person spoke. I'm here to see you speak. Well, I was in the audience. You were in the audience. Yeah. And they asked the speaker, and the speaker's like, well, let's give that to Josh Mavis. I'm like, I'm here to listen, you Oh, I've seen this happen more than once. And I think I said, I think I actually said that. To other people. Yeah. Like, not, I was there when it happened to you, but I've seen it happen though. to others when I'm like, why? You're on stage. So don't defer your leadership and your confidence. Yeah. You can always say there are other people, you know, other opinions or whatever, but if it's an opinion thing, but don't just abdicate your position. Another one, and you'll know what I'm talking about here. Don't show videos of yourself while you're speaking on the stage with yourself unless it's like the hype intro or unless it like has a context of something you did and you're in it for the context don't just like go and here's a video i didn't you clip it and it's the exact thing you could have said on stage because when we went to that one it drove me crazy because the person was almost well, happened a couple times having a conversation with themselves but it's not set up that way like it could be creative if you were asking yourself questions yeah. had it pre-done but that was not what this was this was just like and here's another video and it would be like turning on our podcast and we were speaking. At the, well, it well, just it's it made no like sense. When I go to, the, one of the things I hate going to concerts, I, I don't hardly go to concerts anymore just because it's normally the Rolling Stones in a breakout room and it just doesn't vibe really well for me. And it's 192 decibels. And I can't really hear anything. So I get tinnitus elbow in my ear. Anyway, just rounded up those jokes. Uh, but no, it's because I really hate when the when the lead singer of the band I paid decent money to go to puts the mic out to the audience. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I ain't what I'm here for, buddy. You put that mic up to your face and you sing <laughs> you that sing song. Songs. You sing it right now. I don't want to hear what Billy Joe whatever, 42 beers in, been pre-gaming, has to say about Friends in Low Places, Garth. Sing. Unless it's Billy Joe, who's a famous Billy Joe. Uh, from Green Day? Green Day, yeah. If it's Green, if it's Billy Jeff from Green Day, even then, it's like, 
If I'm at a Garth Brooks concert and Billy Joe is in the audience, I do want to hear from him. Yeah. I want to hear Billy Joe from Green Day sing Friends in Low Places. That, that could work. Other conference tidbits, huh? and maybe this is just what I like. If I go to a conference and I'm speaking, yeah, I like going as early as possible in the conference and the day. Oh, speaking early? Speaking, yes. I yeah. prefer the, the early slot. You and I have been, been sort of victim of this. It's kind of weird because I'm sort of the least salesy person ever. <laughs> but like I speak late in the conference. Like, it's almost like, you know, because I've been keynote several times. Home will brag, whatever. I go to the dinner the day before. Or and like, no it, one knows who you are. And you're this random person. And then you speak and everyone's like all over you. But it's like, I got to go. And yeah. you're like, man, I would like to have joined a little fandom there for a few minutes yeah, it's and, and also for you it's business yeah but whatever oh, i They'll know that but me. but same thing with with me too if you go i, I prefer earlier in the morning and i prefer which is in the conference it's the energy level thing you and i've been stuck in this a lot too because i've been there with you you and i both have accompanied one another before we spoke at like the the after lunch things so you're like do i even want to eat i'm going to get up there and i'm going to be belching and whatever else and it's just like you just kind of sit at lunch and stare down the what makes a great presentation at a conference mm-hmm. can be dictated a lot by the setup. Are you in the tan breakout room or are you on the main stage where you get multimedia lighting, confidence monitor, miking, proper uh, tech, a tech, two tech assistants, somebody to mic you, or are you just in like some little side room where you're kind of on your own? A guy comes in there before it starts or goes, <laughs> comes for a, hands you a mic and goes, hey, good keep, luck, good luck. So that can matter, but let's, all things being considered, Better PowerPoint and keynotes. Don't put up a bunch of bullet points, bunch of graphs that no one can read from two rows back or beyond. Use your font, 30 plus, thirty or size or plus, pictures over words, video over pictures, if you're going to use those. You don't always have to say it and show it. Yeah. Like, this is especially true. Don't read your slides, you know. Oh, that's another thing. Don't turn and look at your yeah. slides. But being able to understand and look, it's your presentation. Memorize the thing. Know what comes after this one. Like, it's practice yeah when i did tedx i had to i had to rehearse in person like drive over and rehearse for six months yep and got critiqued over and over and over and over like this is your presentation know it like but don't but the say it and show it's not only don't read it but you don't always have to sh- to to say exactly what and i used to have an equation that my students hated because they obviously wouldn't put enough homework into it but i said if you want to be really good at speaking for the presentations you're going to give, like your core presentation, you can always add in a, a beginning or a new point, but like the core of what you want to be your presentation, you should at least have practiced, practiced, Alan Iverson. We're talking about practice? One hour for every minute of your speech. That was kind of the equation I gave, one hour for every minute. So if you have a 20-minute speech, you practice 20 hours, it's going to be pretty darn good. You say, well, who has that time? Well, the people that get paid to speak have that time because that's what they're practicing to do. So I have an equation of one hour for every minute. Practice it. Um, have a strong opening. The opening is actually the most important part of your presentation. And you're, well, why is that? Because you're judged on about the first 30 seconds to 30 to 90 seconds you appear. And so if you show up with a strong opening and grab your audience early, mm-hmm. it's really good. People get interested. If you start off slow, quiet, boring, um, not showing value, unless you're someone who already has a brand that's professorial and they know you, they would probably listen because of who you are. But um, some of the worst presentations I see is when you start off slow, but you get excited in certain parts. you got to bring it from the start. Mm -hmm. So I would say the most important part 
is the beginning. The end is the most important part for the audience because you're leaving them with whatever their takeaway is, whatever they want to go home with. Uh, so strong opening, strong close. Some of the stuff is 101, but I've seen... It's funny how we say things are 101, like this brand practices this. Common sense ain't that common. And no one does it. Yeah. Like they show up with too many words on their PowerPoint, low font, say they're nervous, stomp around on stage, have mic issues because they don't understand how to stand, where to stand on the stage. Uh, they have bad multimedia because it, it doesn't fit the screen or they didn't prepare right. So good stuff, again, throw the situational stuff out, strong opening, strong closing that relates to your audience and provides them with value because you've got to do that. You can't just talk. Provide them with value. Takeaways... I prefer afterwards sending out the PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Afterwards giving them a, t- a Or sometimes away. I'll make one that just that is a handout that goes out that is supportive. It doesn't have to be the same document, but it drives some people nuts. Like, no, like it, conference all, organizers. All con- well, I think they're afraid of the risk. They're afraid you're going to do something on the screen that's I mean, I'll show you both, or whatever. but like, that's I mean, right. let, I'm always let just, me send you the bullet point document. I'm that just act, like, why that do can, I? They're going to they're gonna see it and hear it. Why yeah. do they need it beforehand? I don't go to Star Wars and they hand me the script for the the new movie before I walk oh, in. Oh, the so Death Star is going to get yeah, Okay, now I know what happens. No, like... Which is really ironic because I happen to know that, John, you don't go see a lot of movies in a the theater, but every time it drives me nuts that you, you've you read the plot. Like, mm-hmm. I do. He is anti... He doesn't spoil it, but... I just... I, he, I just he has some side he goes... I'm not kidding about this. Some side he goes to... That is. And reads the plot. Yeah, it's called Plotopedia. Is that it? No, it's not. Speaking of ending, strong closings. Strong closing. So I, I don't know Let's that we can give you a bunch of tactical takeaways, but if you want to get into speaking, start small, work at your own bank, work at a community um, board or something that's your own, work there, work your way up. Again, use multimedia to fill in as a crutch. If you, Everyone needs a crutch. Everyone has one of some sort. You're not going to bring it. It's really hard to bring to bring it for 40 to if, 40 if you can do hour. that, you're already doing it. Yeah. So you don't need any yeah, advice. So from us. so use use that as help. And let me throw this in there, a little uh, free advertisement for my, my peeps uh, at ABA. If you want to learn some of this stuff and talk about it, send yourself or someone who works for you to the ABA Bank Marketing School uh, in April in Atlanta. And Emory is the around the 25th. You can look it up on ABA's website. Uh, but I'll be teaching there and so some other people that are really good at explaining some of this stuff. I will vouch for myself that I will cover this if you want me to. Talk a lot about content. But I do want to put that out there uh, if you want to get not me presenting on a topic, but where you can actually interact and it's a school-type setting. Uh, check out the ABA Marketing Conference in April. Uh, so uh, I will be there, and it should be fun. But to that point... I think it's time to wrap up. So, Josh, uh, I'm going to banish you to the tan room, and I'm going to go get on the main stage, and then you'll see your grades different <laughs> different just because of where you were, I'm, no matter what the topic is. You know, I'm right home. It's, that's, that's right where I need to be. Banished to the tan corner. Yep. So, anyway. I'll bring it. I'll bring it. I'll rolling. I'll, I will Mick Jagger from the corner of the tan room. Uh, you have moves like Jagger. So, with the moves like Jagger, we're out. <laughs>
The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.